Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Church Purpose. This is Series 2, Episode 11 of 28. So we closed with an in-and-out snack last episode. I want to encourage you to stick with this message in totality, because it is the purposes of purpose in these days. I'm looking for a Joel chapter 2 peeps that want to run for Jesus no matter what may come, and come it will. A dead man can't die twice, so you have nothing to fear. So who is left? It is truly one or the other. There are no middle gods to rescue you from righteousness. There's no middle earth contrary to what Frodo or some of the other characters from the Lord of the Rings might declare. It's a lot, and I get it. But the truth is that we are either dealing with someone who has the Holy Spirit in them, or is being led by at least one demonic spirit, if not legions of them. Mark 5, 9. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. That is why John stated that we need to test every spirit. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We can believe the Holy Spirit all of the time, and in every situation. So he must be talking about the infiltrators. And more clues. Are we not to avoid laying hands on anyone hastily? 1 Timothy 5.22 Do not lay your hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Imagine that we are to keep ourselves pure. I have definitely not done a good job in this area. If you were to look at my example, you would see a glass dimly lit all right, but I will do all that is possible to allow God his way in my pithy life until I go home. It is also why the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of discernment, and it is why we can cast out devils from people. Consider John 6:70. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? Sun Tzu has been credited with the famous line, Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And we know that Nelson Mandela hired the very man who had something to do with throwing him in prison, a place he called home for 27 years. Jesus chooses a devil, or a child thereof, as one of his disciples. But it wasn't by accident. He knew who he was. You see, this is why the church needs to get his act together and get off the spiritual eharmony.com, as he has already chosen you to be his bride. There is no other husband for the church. Jesus is our only option, and a great and awesome one at that. I should go on because I'm trying to identify as many areas for improvement that I can in one fell swoopy gulp. If I have your attention, may I keep it? If so, here we go. Speaking of the devil, is bringing unbelievers to church biblical? Yep, we are going to purposefully jump into a whole, whole bunch of truth, that is. You see, it is for this reason that I wanted to write this message in the first place. Yes, we have arrived but I wanted to address some foundational questions first. Perhaps it was only I that was asking, but maybe they are bricks laid in the foundation of this message. So I talk about church purpose or who should be attending and who we should be inviting to attend our church in other messages as well. I don't think that anyone covers everything about everything, but if you hang with me and listen to some of these other messages, along with this one, you ought not let the repetition throw you off. After all, we have four or five Gospels as a model. 
So I feel that this is a question that someone should have asked after around the 15th century, when we allowed unbelievers into the church for the first time. Yes, there was a day when we didn't do that. Prior to this discussion by the representative church body, it was a known fact that Israel, a church type in the past, was always led astray when they mixed with other unlike-minded peeps. We see this all throughout the Old Testament. The prophets were kept busy by Israel, wanting to leave the greener pastures and herd with those who could not hear or who could not see. Jeremiah 5:26 states, For among my people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as one who sets snares. They set a trap. They catch men. In today's church, we invite these people into the church community, setting them free to roam about God's people and take them out one by one. If these evil men cause an entire nation to walk away from God time and time again, how is it that their strategy would change for our modern times today? What traps have you set in your own church? I know not you personally, right? But by sending ill-equipped saints who have not been equipped for the work of ministry into the wolves, as Jesus stated we would be sent among, Matthew 10:16, you have indirectly allowed the trap setters to enter in and pollute your grounds. So the representative church body agreed that they, the unbelievers, should be allowed to attend church. Numbers, numbers, numbers. However, once invited into God's house, the bride prep bunker, they started turning the Christian babies and young peeps away from the gospel, as that was their purpose to begin with, although apparently no one knew it at the time. But no, yes, they did. It was predicted by the group of men who had acted this leniency to allow unbelievers into the bunker of God that this might happen, and well, it did, and it still does today. This was and is a demonic strategy. Plant spies and remove the only thing that can detect them that is the Holy Spirit. Now you cannot test the spirits and cannot cast them out. And you end up laying hands on everything that walks through the doors. If you are into that sort of thing, and well, you should be, and ta-da, you have chaos. A Christian church with no real leadership, agreement, consensus, or communal strategy to encounter those in whom we are responsible to encounter. Now the reason this happened is a digression principle discussed in the beginning of this message. The church was operating in the power of God, and what happened in the communities where the Holy Spirit was most active is that many, if not all the people, were getting healed. The nine gifts flowed so well that the need, so they thought, for God and his gifting tree dissipated. It should be noted that it seems that every time God shows up to help us poor peeps, we forget about him and all that he has done for us and carry about our miserable lives until such time that we need him again and again. And again, I probably wouldn't make a very good God. I hate rejection after a good deed. So because the churches were shrinking in membership and the relational appetite for the things of God was reduced to a trickle, someone or two got the bright idea to start inviting the people who are considered to have good moral standing, even though they were absent of the desire for a relationship with God. I have a message on the good factor, which you should also listen to, if you think people are good. So anyway, because the church leadership liked the idea, it did so, and thus the digression away from God accelerated. The devil was invited into the barracks, that is to say the church, and fished from God's own pond. You could say that by looking at the condition of the church as a whole today, that the experiment failed. Albeit a new seed was planted, 
as we all plant seeds anyways, don't we? Finances became front and center for the church, and in many cases remain so. I mean, we all have light bills, right? So back to the question, is it biblical to invite unbelievers to church, to our barracks, to where we are supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry, where we strategize and launch? Wait, Ken, are you saying that we invited or are inviting the devil into the place where we are taking believers and those who are being saved through basic training? Yes, I know. When you think about it in that way, it sounds preposterous. I imagine our military forces behaving the same way. No one would think it is prudent to invite your enemy into your barracks. No one. But when we look at the operation, an enormous push of the church to invite the future light bill payers into the seats, we see that that is exactly what we are doing. Now, before I go on, I want to share that it is my belief that if the church today, totally big if, were operating as a Book of Acts church, able to test every spirit, and when the wrong one entered through the doors, a deliverance warrior or ministry was in place to deal with it properly, and the church had an active intercessory ministry, and the majority of believers and those being saved had a clear picture of what it is to be equipped for the work of ministry, and were released in their prospective assignments, when the body of believers are assembled, or we are currently living in a revival or awakening atmosphere, then I may not think that this message is relevant to your situation. But for those churches that are not, then I would pay attention. See if this speaks to your current situation and make decisions appropriately. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, 15 But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. How do you withdraw if you're inviting them in on Sunday? Most people don't even know how people are walking, so they don't know if they're disorderly or not. Well, it's time to withdraw from this episode. Heavy it is. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.